Okay, let's get started with our discussion of Parsha's Balak, Tafshin Ayin Bez, as we get into one of the exciting Parshias that we have here in Sefer Bamidbar, Balak hiring Bilam to curse B'nai Yisrael, a number of uh, fascinating item that, items that we have on the agenda for, for tonight's year. Okay, let's start off with, towards the beginning. Pazik tells us that Balak, the king of Moab, is very nervous that B'nai Yisrael are Ravhu, and he calls to the Zikne Midyan, what's going to happen? We have to get Bilam. Pasuk Hei, Vayishlach Malachim El Bilam Ben Baor Pesora. He sends Malachim to Bilam, messengers, to ask him, Hine Am Yatsami Mitzrayim, Hine Kisa Sein Haaretz, this Am that left Egypt is covering the land, V'hu Yoshemi Muli, I need you to come and curse B'nai Yisrael. Rashi quotes, Parachat Beis Pasakei, right here on our Pasik. The Im Tomar. Mipnei Mahishra Kodesh Baruch Hu Shechinasu Agai Rasha. Why did Hashem give the non-Jews such an amazing Chacham as Bilam Arasha? Bilam, we know, is very wise. He was a tremendous, he was on the tremendous level of wisdom. He was on the level of Moshe Rabbeinu, according to certain Midrashim. The question is, why did Hashem give them somebody like this? Kedei answers Rashi, Shelo yehe pischon pele umos, so that the nations of the world don't have any excuses. Lomar to say, Ilu hayulanu nivim chazarnu lamutav. If we would have prophets like the Jews did, of course we would do better. It's not fair. You didn't give us anybody good. You didn't give us anybody. If you would have given us a Moshe and Aaron and David, then of course we would have done better. What do you expect? You didn't give us anybody like them. So that is why that's why Hashem says, I gave you. I gave you Bilam. And look what happened. And look what they did. Just the opposite. And even the other nations of the world were Gadr Ba'arayos. And Bilam gave him the Eitzah to lose it. So that's what Rashi says. That the other nations of the world would complain. So that's why Hashem made sure to give them somebody amazing, somebody great, so they wouldn't be able to complain. Answer Sternbach in the Tamadath. I don't understand. What's the answer? Oh, I gave them Bilam, so they can't complain. What do they still could complain? Look into the Russia, Russia Mushchas you gave us. You gave us, you didn't give us a Moshe, you didn't give us an hour, you gave us a Bilam. Come on, thanks a lot. Bilam. You know, we, that's what we thank you for. That's who could have, who could have led us. Asks Rav Sternbach on line four, source number one. The Tamu Bazem Afarshim, the Bazelo Nistimu Taino Sein Shalomosa Olam. Why would this help? Kinavi Chote Mushchas Bedrachav Kibilam Arasha Vadelo Yoel Lahachzirim Lamutav. They're still going to have a Pischon Peh to say that I, if we would have had the Kedoshe Elyon, if we would have had the Neviim like like you appointed to Am Yisrael, of course we would have done better. Answers of Sternbach. No, we don't understand. Amnam nira bebir inyans line nine. Hashem gave them a navi. Hashem gave them somebody with the potential to reach the levels of Moshe Rabbeinu. But you know what? He messed up. Hashem did not mess up. Nevuah to be zochet to nevuah is not something automatic from without. It is a natural process from within. Nevuah doesn't change what a person is. All of life 
is challenging and trying to make ourselves greater. If somebody works on themselves, to be machnian, to lower their yetzer, Nothing in life is given. Nothing is on a silver platter. Everything is work. Ruchrius. Reaching levels in Torah, in Chesed, in Shviras Hamidos. It's all hard work. Nothing is given to us. The Ramam writes this. He quotes a little bit of it. But the Ramam in Hilchus Yisodiyah Torah in Perak Zion. The Ramam talks about where does Nevoah come from? All the Nevi'im. There are exceptions to the rule. That a, somebody who had, who had the, who had a vision of God, that might not be called a Nevuah, Lavan also had a vision of God. Was that Nevuah? He didn't perfect himself, but Lavan had a, had a vision that Hashem tells him don't start out with my Yaakov. So there are certain levels of vision, but Nevuah, which is a high level, where does that come from? Says the Rambam, in the Torah, this is a natural height that someone who works on themselves and perfects themselves could reach. Hadas. This is one of the Animamins. The Ramam says it's one of the tenets of our faith. Leida to know. Shahakel menabe es Hashem gives nevua to people. Ve'ein hanevua chala ela al chacham gadol b'chachma gibar b'midosav v'lo yehitzro mizgaber Allah bidavar ba'olam. There is a person who is totally perfect in their midos, and his yitzer does not overpower him in any area. That means any area. That means not in the world of anger and not in the world of taiva and not in any world, not in the world of covid. Nowhere. No Yetzirah. Elohu, like David Amalek says, v'libi chalal b'kirbi. I've killed the Yetzirah. Elohu mizgaber b'dayto al Yetzirah tamid. He's always being kovish's Yetzirah. Baal dey rechav v'nechon ha'ma'od. Adam, says the Rambam, shuhu mamula b'chol ha'midos ha'ilu. When this type of person who has already achieved this which is extremely difficult to achieve, but that's what we're talking about. When a person who has perfected themselves and achieved this, he, kishayikanes lapardes, or she, right, there were seven nevios, kishayikanes lapardes, v'yimashech ba'osan ha'inyanos ha'gadolam ha'rechokim v'tiyel odas l'chod al-lohavn al-hasig, when he reaches into the wellsprings of his wisdom, and he keeps perfecting himself. And all of it that he thinks about is spiritual and um, heavenly concepts. And he does not think about at all any dover, betalim, below, behevle, hasman, vatach, belosav, nothing but his daito, his tabid, penuyal, amalak, shurtachas, kisei. It's all connected to HaKadosh Baruch Hu and the kisei covered. Once he reaches that level, then there is a natural result. Line 16. Miyad ruach HaKodesh shower alav. Immediately he gets ruach HaKodesh. Immediately, because he's reached that level. Uba'esha tu'oduach alav haruach, tis'ariv nashu, b'malas hamalachim. He even could reach the level of a Malachim and beyond. This is the Rambam. Says Rav Sternbach, Nevoah is not something that is given. It's something that is earned. And therefore, Hashem gave Bilam to the Umos Olam. He wasn't going to give a Navi to the Umos Olam. He was going to give them a person. And that person was is given the abilities. Certain abilities are God-given. The Gemara Nida, the Gemara in Brachas, they both say, right? The Gemara Nida, the Flamanam Abbas, where the Gemara says that Hashem decides, a mala holds up every, every drop in front of Hashem and says, no, what are we going to do with this one? Chacham, Tipej, Ashir, Ani, 
all of the externals, but the hard work, that's not up to anybody except the person himself. So says Rav Sternbach, they're going to complain, you gave us a bilam. I didn't give you a bilam. I gave you somebody with the potential to reach the Nebuah levels of Moshe Rabbeinu, and he chose otherwise. He did not work on perfecting himself. Line 18. This is, a, this is his answer. The teva, their teva is mushchas. It's not going to help. If they're not ready to work on themselves and to fix their midos, then says Hashem, there's nothing I can do about it. We're going to see a little bit later that Bilam knew exactly godly, unbelievable ideas. But what did he do with it? It didn't change who he was. Right? He didn't. And that's why he didn't affect positively any of the nations that he connected with. So that's the answer. I, you gave us a Bilam? Yeah, I gave you a Bilam. But he wasn't a Bilam when I gave him to you. He chose to be a Bilam. He could have chosen to be a Moshe. Okay, that gets us started. And now we continue. Says Bilam to Balak, Hashem doesn't really want me to go. You know, it's uh, not the best thing for me. We have the whole story. But all the way at the beginning, what is the original request? Please curse for me this nation. As we know, there are different words in the Torah used for curse. Kalel, Ara. Maybe with your curse, I can defeat this enemy. Because I know, Bilam, you have great powers. Some major questions that we have to deal with on, on this section. Question number one that is asked by the Tosefes Bracha, the Torah Tamima in his Sefer, Tosefes Bracha. Why did Bilam, and why was Balak so adamant that Bilam see B'nai Yisrael when he cursed them? What did he see them for? Why don't you just take Bilam? They should go into Bullock's study. They should do their Kishuf and they should do their voodoo. Or you want to build the Mizbech house, build the Mizbech in your backyard. Why did Bilam have to? And why did Bilak make Bilam have to go on a mountain, look at Klai Yisrael, and curse them from there? What was so important about seeing them? What was so important? Yesh the higher bechlau. Why the higher of the balak lahavtir kolkach? But Bilam be yegia v'tachrunim v'gabarogas v'kas pamayim v'shalosh dakosh about lavola kalel. Why don't you just send him a telegram? Could you please curse the Jews? Could you please do that? Maybe you could send that an email. You know your curse, right? So why was it so important to see? Three answers suggested by the Tosefes Bracha. Each one interesting. Number one, line eight. V'yafshal lafarish al derek drash agadi. First, I want to try to explain based on the Agadita that appears in both Masechah's Brachas and Masechah's Avodah Zarah. The Gwaran Brachas describes on Davzayin and Aleph. The Pasuk says, the kill zo'im b'chol yom, that Hashem gets angry every single day. How long is his anger? A fleeting moment. The Kamazamo Rega. It's for a Rega. As we say every morning, ki Rega Ba'apo. What is Rega Ba'apo? How much is that Rega? So, Echad Vishmona Rebo, Vishmonas Alafim, Vishmona Meos, Vishmonims, Right, a tiny, tiny amount. A tiny, tiny millisecond. That's how much God's anger is. And the Gemara says, Bilam knew exactly 
when God gets angry every single day. And therefore, he was going to curse the Jews at that moment when Hashem would get angry. And Hashem did us a chesed. We're going to talk about Hashem later, about the chesed that Hashem did throughout the time period that Bilaam was trying to curse the Jews. He did not get angry. Even at those moments when he usually got, got angry, he did not get angry at those moments. At that moment, any of the days that Bilaam was trying to curse. Fine, that's the Gemara. Ask Tosfus there, and Brachas Tavzayin, Vyazehekshua Tosfus Sham line 13, Ma'ayyacho Bilam Lomar, Bashir Rega Kazeb. If it's such a millisecond that Hashem gets angry, what kind of curse could Bilam utter in that millisecond? Can't talk that quickly. What could he have said? Tosfus has two answers. Answer number one, Tosfus says, and this is a separate Torah in itself, but first answer is that he could have said, Klaim. Destroy them. Claim. Claim. Very quick. He can say it very quickly. Claim. That's Tosfus' first answer. Good. Before we get to the second answer. Says the Tosfus Bracha, now I understand. Balak knew Bilam's power and that Bilam knew God's the moment that God would get angry and therefore he's a claim. That's what his power is. But if B'nai Yisrael aren't in front of Bilam, then what does it mean curse them? Who's the them? There's no them here. They're in their private study. You have to get it all in that one millisecond. So only if the B'nai Yisrael are in front of you, then you know who them is going on. If he's above on a mountain overlooking B'nai Yisrael, then he can say, claim, curse them. You know what's going on. That's why you needed them there. Because this is what, his only power was to say this one word. Uba oso rega, skip a couple of lines. Line 19. You have to see them. That's why he's going on them. Because when somebody is standing there, like he says in the passing of the bracha, Right? How beautiful are your tents? Right, He says also we find by Tfilos. We find when you daven for a sick person, for a chola. If you're not in front of the chola, you have to mention the name. But if you're in front of the chola, you don't have to mention the name, just daven. Hashem knows who you're talking about. You only have to mention what you're seeking, like Moshe. Kel na refan alot. Heal her. Her? What do you mean her? Who's her? Uh, Miriam's right there. That's why he could say that. Just like Bilam could say claim, Moshe could say kel na refan alot. When Yaakov is davening to be safe from Esav, he doesn't say hatzileni na mimenu from him. He's not in front of him. Hatzileni na miyadachi miyad Esav. You have to say his name. So answer number one to Zevis Bracha, why is it so important to go in front? Because Klaim is the only power that he has. Good. Next, there's a second answer of Tosfus. Second column. Tosfus goes another answer. What he could have said. Tosfus says, You're right, God only gets angry for a moment. But as long as Bilaam would have started his curse at that moment, he could have continued afterwards. Could have continued afterwards. He could have said it longer. Okay. According to that answer, then you back to the original question. 
Right? So why, if the, you could have said it afterwards, he could have said, curse B'nai Yisrael. So why did he have to be in front of them? So answer number two, line seven, second column. V'yev Shalomar, the Mishnah says in Pirkei Avos, the Bilam Haya Ra'ayin. Bilam was, had an evil eye. Right, the comparison and the contrast to Avram Avinu, Ayin Tova, Ayin Ra'a, but the Zohar and the Gemara also discusses it, that there was something with his eyes. Later on, he became blind in one eye, but his power was with his eyes. That's where he, he, he gleaned, and that's where he sucked up power th- from what was in front of him. That was his power of Hezek. Whatever he looked at, like the Gemara says at the beginning of Baba Basra, Hezek Re'iya. He was Mazik through Re'iya. So maybe that's why. Second suggestion. He had to see them. Because again, his power wasn't all powerful. His power was through his eyes. And therefore, he had to see B'nai Yisrael. Number two. Finally, third. Third idea. Va'odaf Shalafarish. Line 11. Each one of these deserves special attention. Hatam sherab balak lanachol no lidroshes bilam lavolim kamem she Yisrael lekalel velo lehistapik and mikal b'makom shehu. Why didn't he just curse them wherever they were? Why do you have to see them? So next ta'ara. If you look in all the psukim, if you can all the psukim at the beginning of the parsha. Let's read him again for a moment. If you have a chumash there, we have our chumashim here. Yeah, take out your chumash. Look at the chumashim. Look at the beginning of the parsha. We are here again in Camp Kaley. Says the pasuk, Balak says to Bilam, "Hine am yatsa mitzrayim." There's an am out there. Lachad na arli as ha'amazeh ki atzim hu mimeni v'chulu v'chulu. And they went and they went and they went. Balak never mentions the name of the nation. He says, Ha'am, Ha'am, Ha'am. Later on, Pasuk Yud, Pasuk Yudal, Hi'nei Ha'am, Ha'yosim, Yosim, Ha'yosim, Ha'aretz, L'chok Ha'vali Oso, V'chulu. It's all the Am, the Am, the Am. Even later on, he never says the word B'nei Yisrael. Even when he says later on, I got you to, to curse them, and you didn't curse them for me, says the Tosefes Bracha. He didn't say the words. Why? Because he didn't want to limit the curse. Like we spoke about a little bit last week. The end of last week's Parshish year, we spoke about how the Amalekites dressed up as Canaanites so that B'nai Yisrael's tefillah wouldn't work properly. So Balak, kind of the opposite. He didn't want to limit the curse. I don't want to even call them by one name because maybe you'll say, oh, but really I didn't mean this nation, but I meant that nation. There's another nation called this. So he just said this nation. And if you're saying this nation, which nation are you talking about? So that's why you needed them in front. Umeata, the end, Yeshlomar, to Lachain Amar Stam Aralyasa Amazet, Kadesha Yitse, Misafik, Shemosam, so that all the names could be included. I'm not even going to mention any name. Like somebody says, I don't want to do any thank yous because I don't want to leave anybody out. I don't want to mention any name because I don't want any loopholes. I just want this to be chal. Okay, three answers why the Tosefis Bracha gives why Balak had to see, had to have Bilam see B'nai Yisrael and not just and not just curse them wherever they were. Once we're on the topic. Just one other ha'ara on that Tosas and Masechah's Brachas. I've related this in uh, in other shiurim, but I don't think I've mentioned this in a parasha shir. It's an, 
Very interesting ha'ara by the Eretz Tzvi, the Kaja Klover, killed in, uh, in World War II. So the Eretz Tzvi says, what did Tosa say in the second answer? As long as I would have started, as long as Bilam would have started in the moment, so it would have been good enough, he could have continued. He uses this Tosvis in a halachic context. You might say this is an agarata. What does it have to do with me? But he uses it in a halachic context. I gave it to you, this, the Shuvah, source number four, source number five. Shuvah's Eretz Tzvi. Al-Das Minog. Let me explain the Minog. Rov Ha'amon. He explained the Minog of many. Shesholchen Mishloach Manos Achar Tzesa Kochavim Sheinlo Shemakam Api Alacha Tekvar Avar Zbana Mitzvah. I don't understand. Many people give Shalach Manos. They end up giving Shalach Manos after night time. After Purim's over. Many people do this. Maybe they'll go to a Suda. Maybe we can even ask that the Suda itself, most of it many times is, is after, unless somebody's mocked to make sure to do it before Shkia. Says the Eretz Svi, Nirlani has daiti, to Ladea Achad, Yosem Bazev, there are Chagavis Yashiv. I don't understand. The Ramah says, you start the Suda's Purim before Chashecha, Rovas afterwards. I don't understand how all this works. So he quotes the, the Yira Kaddish. Shehikira Yehudi Hakaddish bi Pashischa. Limud schus al hamaschil lehispalel bezman tefila avshen nimshach achar azman chashuv ki lehispalel kol tefila bezmana. We generally assume that there is man and tefila. There's man kriyishma. There's so man tefila, and we generally assume that you have to finish whatever it's man for by that time. You have to finish me kriyishma by so man kriyishma. You have to finish tefila by so man tefila. Suggest the eretz tefi in the name of the Yudmi, the Yehudi miparshischa. Maybe based on this Tosfus, we could say otherwise. Bilam, as long as he started in the Shasa Kaas, he could be Mamshech, and it's all connected to that Shasa Kaas. So maybe so too, if somebody is davening, as long as they start Bizman, so it could continue La'achar Zman. Because after all, says the Eretz Svi, Kal Shekein B'mida Tova Meruba. If it applies to Bilam, it surely applies to Tefillah. Tim Hizchil is Pala Bizman Tefillah. V'gamar Achar Gak Tocha Shevkilu is Pala Bizmana. Those are his words. Mikom Makom, he says, I don't, uh, he doesn't say whether he agrees to this or not, but he uses this to explain the Suda's Purim as well. As long as you started in time, you started on Purim, one can continue continue afterwards. Obviously, it's better not to. He says at the end, you should be, uh, the Rav should be Mazhir the Am to do it before Purim, to do it Ba'ot Hayom Gadol. But this is a Smach Lahakel when it comes to those who don't. Right, so this is an interesting, we could relate this to Zman Tefillah, again, this is not Paskening. We're not Paskening. Meikra Din, we generally assume they have to finish everything by Sof Zman Tefillah, but this is just one example of a very creative posek who tries to see an Agadata and use it for halachic purposes. Okay. We continue now. Maybe one of the most intriguing questions that, that bother many. We have now, Bilam's on his way, and of course we have the major miracle. The major miracle of the Piha Aton. So what happens? The Aton turns around to Bilam and starts talking to him. He's writing on Asono. The Aton stops a couple of times. We discussed in past years, I think, the Klayakar, about the different stages of his stopping. But then the Aton opens his mouth. What did I ever do to you that you hit me these three times? 
Why are you hitting me? One of the most amazing psukim in all the Torah. One of the most amazing phrases. Vayomer Bilam La'aton. Bilam turns to the Aton. Doesn't matter what he says. He turns to the Aton. He just starts talking to him. That's unbelievable. We'll get back to that. But the uh, Rashi quotes and Chazal quote that Bilam, not Rashi, it's not Rashi, it's a Medrash, that Bilam, A, he took it in stride, which we'll get back to, but he couldn't really answer the Aton. Beginning of the Berchas Peret, Surah 76, but Medrash Parshazu, Amrush HaKadosh Baruch Hu Sasam Piyah Behema She'in Lakoach HaDibur Shilo Haisa Medaberes Lo HaYecholim L'Shavda V'Lamudba Hashem generally takes away the Koach of speech from an animal because if animals had the Koach of speech we would not be able to have a conversation with them. Shazu HaTipshit Shebebehema The most foolish of all animals The donkey Bilam The Chacham of all people and Bilam couldn't answer. Bilam loses the conversation. That's the Medrash. Hashem does not give koach to animals to speak, because if they would speak, then forget it. We wouldn't be able to answer. Ask the stipler. Why is that true? What does it mean that if Hashem gave powers of speech to animals, we wouldn't be able to answer? And, and why couldn't Bilam answer this donkey? Bilam was a smart guy. Bilam was a smart guy, so why couldn't? We'll get to the fact that he did answer, but why'd you hit me three times? And Bilam said, stop making fun of me, I'm going to kill you. He didn't answer him. He just threatened him. Why couldn't he answer him? Says the stipler, a deep thought. A simple, obvious one, but a deep thought. An animal doesn't have any typhus. An animal doesn't have any conscience. An animal doesn't have any reason to lie. And therefore, if an animal opens his mouth, it's going to be the honest, objective truth. Because there's no reason to push push it one way or the other. There's no reason for an animal. The animal has instinct, but no, it doesn't have any seichel to, to, um, to think about the ramifications of what they say. They just say it. It's kind of like sometimes young children say things that are so straightforward and we're like jolted, but it's, it's so, they're so straightforward. So straightforward. Just, just yesterday, my, uh, my, uh, where my wife took the kids to, uh, to an amusement park. And, you know, to get to an amusement park, you have to have, you can either get tickets or you can get a bracelet. Get a bracelet. So they got bracelets for the older kids and tickets for the young kids, whatever the case may be. So they start going on a ride, and the person who is doing the ride says, "Oh, you all have bracelets. You all have bracelets. So, so go on." And my wife was about to give the person a ticket because, as follows, my six-year-old, my seven-year-old goes over to the woman and says, "No, no, no, you don't understand. My bracelet I got for passing the deep water test. This is not the bracelet from the park." And she's like staring at him. My wife was about to pay anyway, but. But sometimes a child, that's it, this is, this is it. There's no, there's no taivas, there's no reasons to lie, to save anything. No, this is the Mitzias. It's like a child, but Lahavdil, that's like animals don't have any reasons to lie. So, says the Birchaz Peretz, Ein And when you hear the truth, when you hear the cold truth, honesty, that there's no answer to it. It stares at us in the face, and we can't justify anything except the truth. 
So when Bilam hears the donkey, he can't answer. There's nothing to say. All he can try to say is threaten the animal. Hey, you better stop it or I'm going to kill you. But there's nothing else. Line 12, Al-Karachach says the stipler, Shehaven Bilam She'ein Bazet To'eles, Ki Ha'yumamina B'me'yachuz L'divriya Be'ema. When the animal said it, that's it. She'nemru B'gedem E'siach L'fitumo V'lo L'dvarav. It's the same message, some of you might be thinking. It's the same message that many speak about. The Beis HaLevi speaks about a lot at the beginning of Ayigash. When the Medjur says, When Yosef says, And the Medjur says that that was the, most, the ultimate rebuke and woe to us on Yom Hadin after Meva Esrim. If the brothers couldn't answer, what about us? Says the Berchaz Peretz, it's the same message. Says the Beis HaLevi in Vayigash. Says the Berchaz Peretz right here. Honesty, when you see it in front, there's, there's no answer. And that's the ultimate musr that we are going to have to realize when the MS stares at us in the face. That's what it did to Bilam. That's what it did to the Shvatim in Mitzrayim. Right, see the last two lines of the stifler. The nullification of all types of excuses and lies and justifications that we have. We learn it from Billa. Good. The other element to mention, as we just said, is not just the fact that Billam couldn't answer because it was the honesty, but the fact that he just carried on a conversation. And he wasn't in shock. Says Rabbeinu Bachai. This is one of the most amazing psukim in the whole Torah. Says Rabbeinu Bachai, source 7. Imagine, he doesn't say this, but he could say this. Imagine if you go out in the morning and all of a sudden you are getting your, your car, you're revving up your car and you're having trouble. It's sputtering. And all of a sudden, you hear a, a voice from the car. The car starts talking to you. Would we like just continue to have a conversation with the car? You know what? Bilam should be in shock. Bilam should be having, be, be like not able to control himself. He just starts screaming. From this amazing miracle, you don't find that all everybody else was was there, right? The big big question: Where were the Zikne Midyon, Zikne Moab? So, as I'll say, they left. They left. Even if they were there, you know what? Maybe they were there, but they were in shock and they couldn't say a word. He should have thought at that moment. Maybe I better stop to make foolish. His advice, that's what he should have done. He continued going. Right, it has been pointed out that if you read the text without reading Chazal, you just read the Psukim of Balak, Parsha's Balak, Bilam doesn't seem to be such a bad guy. Right, he first says to Balak, uh, I can't go. Hashem doesn't want me to go. And then Bilam really wants to go. He says, Hashem, please, please, please. Hashem says, okay, fine, you could go. But, you know, you have to say what I say. Okay, great. Okay, so there's a little bit there implicit. He shouldn't have gone. It's like a, ch- a parent giving in to a child, even though the parent doesn't really want him. Okay, but he's not terrible. But once he hit this pusik, that's when we have to start saying, no, 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 something's going on here. There's a donkey talking to Bilam, and he does not get shocked. He takes it in stride. Says Rabbi Nebuchadnezzar, this Pasuk shows his rishos. This Pasuk shows that he is somebody who, who wants to do it. 
against God's will. And many of the Bali Musr, source number eight, says the Osiris HaTorah, Mikan Shuva, this act is a Shuva for all those who say, if we would see amazing miracles, if we would see miraculous events, then we would believe. That would stop us in our tracks. We would do everything, but what do you expect? Hester Panim. If we had seen miracles, okay. This Pusik proves otherwise, as many Psukim do. But this is one of them. Bilam sees a miracle, nothing. If somebody doesn't want to believe, if somebody's a Russia, somebody could see Kriya Syamsov in front of them and still charge in, thinking that they have power. And even what happens at the end of the Parsha, also an amazing Pasik. What happened after the whole story? Bill and Balak go home. Hello, you just tried to curse the Jews, and every word that came out of your mouth was a bracha. You tried it three times. The donkey spoke to you. And what happened to them? Nothing! They went home. They went home as if nothing happened. That's unbelievable. You see, a nace doesn't affect you. Nobody should say, oh, it's all about what we want to see. If we want to see God, Hashem, right, like the Kutzker, where is Hashem? Wherever you let Him be. Wherever you let Him be, we have to let God be. And finally, just one last point. We saw Salanter. He quotes here. The Gemara says in Brachis, somebody wants to kill out the Yitzhahara, beat the Yitzhahara, Yaskilo Yom HaMisa. Remember Yom HaMisa. What does that mean? Shvira Sayyitzer, Yom HaMisa. Various Pshatim given to Yom HaMisa. So he quotes. He says, he says, many people have asked me, he says, the Heber Kadisha. Heber Kadisha, the people who, who, who dig burial graves for people. He says, you don't always find they're the greatest tzaddikim. It's, it's unbelievable mitzvah. But he says in his day, in Salant, right, so you don't find that every one of them are, are unbelievable G'dolei Adar. Why not? He was asked, why not? They're involved in, in, in life and death every day. Shouldn't they be, they be inspired by it? So if you saw Salant, I said, I'll ask you a better question. He says, you know the horses that bring the Aron? Right, imagine like the, the, uh, the 300 year Year, years ago, the hearse in those days. They had special horses, a horse-drawn wagon that they always had the Aaron on. Why aren't those horses big tzaddikim? Why aren't they horses? So that's an obvious answer. Why? Because horses don't have seichel. Horses don't think. It says if you saw Salanter, it's the same thing. If you don't think, you're just like the horse. If we don't think about what's going on around us, if we don't think about a Kaddish Baruch in charge, then we could just go through life like the horse. And there are so many amongst us that we don't think in life. We don't focus. We don't let Hashem in. Oh, I'll let Hashem in if he does a miracle. No, that's not called emuna. What, only if you see? No. That's not called emuna. Right? Like, we're like horses going to a Leviah, which aren't going to be, uh, right? We're not going to intake anything. We're like Bilam going home after the whole story. We have to be affected. Have to be affected by what we see, unlike Bilam, unlike Balak, who was not affected. Okay. Maybe the most basic question, one of the most basic questions, but this is major, that we have to ask on this parsha, and it's a question that could be asked also on Parsha's Toldos. It's a question that could, it could be asked on the end of the parsha, on the end of the Torah, in 
And that is, what's a bracha? And what's a klala? And what's the root of it? And what's so important about it? What was so important that Yaakov wanted the brachas? What's so important that Balak wanted to get a curse on Am Yisrael? Why? Just go fight them. What does a klala do? How does it work? And even further, asks the Oznayim Latar of Saratskin in a major piece, both here, and I also gave you his piece in his other sefer, Hadea Vahadibur, in source number 11, that's what we're going to, um, to pick up with, but he deals with it in short, Ala Torah, and in, at length in Drosh Gimel in Hadea Vahadibur. He asks, why didn't Balak just ask for a bracha for himself? Why did he ask for a claw for Amisa? It would have been simpler. He didn't have to schlep. He didn't have to go see them. Just ask for a bracha. If it's brachas and klawas, why did he have to get a klawa for B'nai Yisrael? Just get a bracha for himself. Beautiful question. Says the Azayim Latar, what is a bracha? What is a klawa? We go to a Rebbe. Right? We go to somebody who gives us a bracha. What does that bracha do? What does it do? Says the Azayim Latar, it's not magic. A bracha is not magic. Let's go to source 11 on the next page. Whether you will get the result of the bracha of the klala ultimately is based on your actions. That's what it's based on. You can't be a Russia and get a bracha and all of a sudden you're going to get tremendous bracha because of that bracha. No. We believe in scharva onesh. We believe in brachas. We believe in actions. Mitzvahs and lack thereof. They cause it. But you know what a bracha does, says Rebbe Sarutskin? A bracha kind of tries to help you. A bracha tries to open up the receiver of the bracha to be able to get the shefa of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. That's what it does. It tries to open it up. It tries to give you a little advantage, but not by anything external. It's an external beginning, but it's all to open up. If you look back in the Azayim Latar, in source number 9, Sorry, I think in the, in the copy it got a little blackened. But if you look in the middle column, he says, Shahamivarech, where it's underlined, Shahamivarech miskavein lo orer al yedei tfila, bihamisbarech, as kochos atovshebo, through my tfila, I want to open up your heart. And when you get the bracha, you're supposed to feel that way. Sheyashuv al derech Hashem vishbarech Why do people feel different after a bracha? Because they want to feel different after a bracha. Omemela who bechlal bracha amur abatora. Vahamekalel Rachmanu the other way. Amekalel tries to open up your netia to do averus, your netia lera. Umachtio and try to, to to cause him to sin. That's bechlal klala. That's what a bracha and a klala is. It's all what we make of it. We could go to the greatest tzaddik for a bracha, but if I am a kshei oref and if I don't want to change any of my actions. And I want to show I'm going to be a Russia Gomor. Just give me the bracha. Let's see if it works. It's not going to work because that's not a bracha. Bracha, he doesn't even say it, but a bracha is from the word brecha, overflowing. A bracha make, tries to open up the, the floodgates within ourselves in order to bring the shefa of HaKadosh Baruch Hu upon us. That's what a bracha is. That's why a bracha is so important. Yaakov wanted that for his neshama. He wanted to have more of an etiyah to the tov, to the mitzvahs. That's why he wanted it so badly. And that's why Esau was, was disgusted by it. Who needs that? Who needs avod? Who needs mitzvahs? And that's why, now it says, in the next page, 
That's why Bilam didn't Balak didn't ask for a bracha. Because so what if he asked for a he don't want a bracha? He didn't care about doing better. He wanted the Jews to swerve. He wanted the Jews to stray because he knew that was the only way to beat them. What's a, what's a bracha going to do for him? So he's going to follow God better? He's not interested in that. And no matter what happens with him, the Jews aren't going to do anything different. So he says that's why in line 17, He didn't choose that way. Why? He knew. Even if you want to say that maybe bringing Moab up will give them a chance against Klal Yisrael, Bilam didn't think so. First of all, it's a far-fetched idea to think that Moab could be brought up. But even if they could be brought up, how are you going to affect Klal Yisrael, which will also be up? If they don't got a Klal, the way to do it is to bring Bnei Yisrael down. That's the only way. That's the only way to beat them. To be machti them. And that's what Bilam really tried to do. Right? And that's why he said, gives the mushal at the end, line 23, 24. In any war, you try to get help from the outside, but ultimately it's with how you use the help. How you use the help. Right? You're given a great, uh, netios. You go there to be inspired by the mevarech. And the bracha itself, and the content of the bracha should inspire. But, Ultimately, it's up to the person, it's up to the person themselves. Right? And we find many examples of this in terms of saying something negative, saying something positive, al teftach satan, and all these other chazals that he talks about. But that's the message that now that we know of a bracha and a klala. Just turn all the way at the end, the end of source 12, nimsa. What does a tzaddik do? The tzaddik helps schlep along this person to the goal. And that's what he tried to do. That's what he tried to do. Beautiful. Okay, now let's get to some of the content of the brachos. Just, we'll have two more points for uh, for this week. I didn't read, I could have read a lot more of the Drosh, the Hadeh Vahadibor, and I'll feel free to read it yourself. I gave you, I gave you both points. Okay, but just now two, two more Ha'aras for the evening relating to two of the brachos that were actually given. First, Perek Chav Gimel Pasek Pasik Yud says Bilam Mi Mana Afar Yaakov Umispar Esrova Yisrael Who can count the dirt of Yaakov Umispar Esrova Yisrael What's that first phrase referring to? Who can count the, what, what's the dirt of Yaakov? So without looking at any Chazals we probably would have said that Bnei Yisrael are so many like Hashem says we're going to be like the dust of the of the land, like the sand. Okay, that's the pastures, you would say. Mimana afar Yaakov. Right, that's number one. Rashi quotes differently. Dover Acher Rashi says, Afar Yaakov, ein cheshbon b'mitzvos, shehemakaymin ba'afar. There is no limit, there is no maximum to the mitzvos that these people do with dirt. Lotachosh b'shor v'achamor yachtav. They can't cross work animals. Lotizra kilayim. They can't cross plant. Kilayim. Afer para. 
paraduma. You take dirt and you mix it with hashet, with the ashes. For offer sota. You might say also kisui hadam. Keeps going. Many of the averos of the so the first few lamates malachas. Right? There are many examples of mitzvahs that we do with dirt. So Bilam says, oh man, these people, they do so many mitzvahs with dirt. Mimona for Yaakov. Simple question. Why Dafka did Bilam pick this? Why Dafka with dirt? Now, why not? There are a lot of things we do mitzvahs with. Right? Mitzvahs with food. Look at all the mitzvahs they do with chickens, with meat. Why Dafka dirt? Says the Apirion. The Apirion is the same author as the Kitzvah Shulchan Arach, Shlomo Gansfried, who also wrote the Apirion. Interesting that it's pointed out, I think Shafter points this out, that we live in a post-Mishnabrura world. So we all, what's the, what's our go-to say for generally? Mishnabrura. You have to look something up, you look at the Mishnabrura. Okay, then you look at others, but Mishnabrura is the, is the, is the way to go. Before the Mishnabrura, before the Chavetz Chaim wrote it, before it was, it was popular, the world was a Kitzvah Shulchan Arach world. That was the most commonly safer used after the Shulchan Aruch. We're going to go back to the original sources. Okay, Shulchan Aruch, Shach Taz, Magad Avram, Taz. But the uh, run of the mill, the average once, ones amongst us, we would just go to the Kitzvah Shulchan Aruch. So, says the Apirion, the author of the Kitzvah Shulchan Aruch, in his Sefer on on Chumash. He said, maybe we can answer this question, why Dafka, the mitzvahs that we do with dirt, based on a Shemi Shemish Shmuel points out the Chazal. Chazal that the Meraglim say, line 7, Ephes ki az ha'am ha'yoshev ba'aretz. The land, the people who sit live in this land, right, they're strong. What does it mean they're strong? It means that they're strong in their connection to the land. What does that mean? Naturally, line 11, Oskim bi'yishuvo shal ha'aretz, v'yodim, the people who lived there, the Canaanim who lived there before Ben Yisrael went in, were experts in the way to produce from the land. They would go to the land that feel in and say, this land is, is great for figs, this is great for grapes, this is great for olives. They would go around, they were an expert with the land. And that's exactly what the Meraglim said. It's an amazing land, but the Am, the Am. What was their issue? The Meraglim were saying, we're not sure if it's just a great land, it has so much in it, or maybe it's because they know how to do it, and we don't know how to do it. That's what the Meraglim were worried about. So, but we're not. That's the Chazal, says the Shemi Shmuel. Now, says the Aperion, the Yesh Lomar, Ki Balak Balak thought that Bnei Yisrael do not have any special connection to Eretz Kena'an. He thought that he would be able to overpower them. There's no special ultimate Litzgula connection between Eretz Yisrael and Am Yisrael. No! It's a special lamp. It's only because, like this Chazal, because the people who live there bring out the best. But Bnei Yisrael... They don't have a, they're not, they're not farmers. They've never been farmers. They were servants. They didn't know anything about Eretz Yisrael. So, Am Yatsami Mitzrayim. They went out of Egypt. But there's no special connection to the land. Bilam, go curse them. And make them not go in. Says Bilam in his bracha. Mimana Afar Yaakov. Look at the mitzvahs they do with the dirt. What does that mean? This land doesn't function only based on natural ways of figuring out what would be planted best here. 
but you do mitzvahs with the land, you get bracha and the land is going to produce for you. Yadua teida, says Bilam, lokenu, hakolu bashkachas Hashem yisbarach, asher hu otsiyem in Mitzrayim, v'av im lefi derech ha-teva, in kocham yafel avodas aras, even though naturally they don't know, but mimana afar Yaakov, all the mitzvahs that they do ba'afar, and through the kiyam ha-mitzvahs, ha-aretz misparechas v'titin piriya. They have nothing to worry about. They have nothing to worry about. Balak, it's a lost cause. They're going into Eretz Yisrael because of the offer Yaakov, the mitzvahs that they do. Number one. Number two, a second final thought for the for, for today, based on a pasik in the name of Rav Yosef Chaim Zonenfeld in source fourteen. A beautiful shot of a pasik connecting it to a pasik in the Haftorah. Pasik says in Parakh of Gimel Pasik Tas, Kimerosh Tsurim Erenu Umigvaos Ashurenu. Meirosh Tsurim Erenu Umigvaos Ashurenu. Right, this is the previous Pasik, then what the Pasik we were just talking about, but it connects to the Torah. So what does that mean? Meirosh Tsurim. Rosh Tsurim Erenu. So Rashi quotes that what does that say for the Rosh Tsurim? The, the, the rocks, they're strong ones. They're referring to the Avos. Erenu, I see they have great Avos. Rashi says, and from Gvaot, from the from also the uh, the hills Ashurenu. Right? I I see them. So Tsurim and Gvaot. That's the Pasik. That's Rashi. Rosa Chaim Zonenfeld connects this to a Pasik in the Haftorah. Pasik in Micha reads the fourth line now in the last source, in the fourteenth, third line. Ami, Zacharna Mayad Balak ben Moav. See, remember. What Balak wanted to do, Uma'ana Oso Bilam ben Ba'ar, and what Bilam answered them, Min Hashitim Va'ad Hagilgal. From Shitim to Gilgal, Lamandat Sidkos Hashem. Remember what Bilam wanted to do and Balak wanted to do? All the Mafarshim on the Navi try to figure out what is that phrase, Min Hashitim Va'ad Hagilgal? What does that mean? And also the end, Lamandat Sidkos Hashem. Which is what the pasuk that the Gemara uses to explain what we spoke about before. That Tzedek of Hashem is that he didn't get angry all of those all of those years. Says Yosef Chaim Zonenfeld. There's a hidden meaning here that connects this pasuk Kimiros Surim and the pasuk Menashitim at Gilgal. And after you hear this this uh, remez, you basically can't read the Haftorah or read this pasuk again in the same light. Bilam and Balak, what they were trying to do, and they knew. They knew this is the way to do it. They were trying to find a fault in Am Yisrael. They were trying to find an area where they were not serving a Kaddish Baruch Hu properly. They were trying to find a place where they can attack. And they only found one area. And they were trying to zero in on it. And what was that area? Brismila. Throughout the desert, as we know, B'nai Yisrael didn't do Brismila for all those years. All those years! Right? You see, as Mitzrayim, they did Brismila, and the next time they did it was with Yoshua, after they went across. But Balak and Bilam, at that time, they looked at Am Yisrael, and they said, hey, they are doing Brismila. Why? Because we know it was dangerous. There was no Ruch Tzfonis, because there was Ananea Kavid, all the Rimshatim. It was basically Ones. They couldn't do Brismila, but they weren't doing Brismila. So that's why they were trying to they were trying to affect. They were trying to affect them through the fact, to, to conjure up. What Bilam wanted to say was that, hey Hashem, look! No brismila! But what did he say? What did he say? Ki surim erenu umigvaos ashurenu. What was rosh surim? 
That's the place that they did Mila eventually in the times of Yoshua. Migvaot, give ata aralot. Ashurenu, Hashem says, I look at Rosarim and I see Gvaot, what does that mean? Says Rabbi Yosef Chaim Zonenfeld. Hashem knows that it's an ones. And if the only reason that we don't do a mitzvah is because of an ones, and without the ones I would have done the mitzvah, then we get credit as if we did the mitzvah, or at least we don't get blamed for not doing the mitzvah. So what the Pasuk is telling me is that Hashem is answering Balak and Bilam, don't worry about it. Don't worry about these Jews. You're not going to get them in this area because I see that they did it in Mitzrayim and they're going to do it right after they crossed the Yardin. And what are the times that they did it? Now go back to the Pasuk in Micha. I remember what Balak wanted to do and what Bilam wanted to do. Min hashitim ba'ad ha'gilgol l'mandatzit kos Hashem. From shitim, what was shitim? Shitim ad ha'gilgol. Right? When they were in shitim. From the time that shitim is where they were when they want, Bilam wanted to curse them. But from that time, I see into Gilgal. I see when they crossed the Yardane and that they did brismila then. So I give them the credit, or at least I don't blame them. Because, If I want to do a mitzvah, but I can't have my own ace, it's as if I did it. And even though they didn't do mila ba'atzmam, it's as if they did it. And that's the positive. They did, they got mila finally in Charos Tzurim. They wrote Tzurim Anu. What's the Pasuk in Yeshua? He quotes it on line 20. Unbelievable. Ha'aralot. Surim and Surim and Gvaot and Gvaot. Same words. And that's the Pasuk. That's Laman Sidkos Hashem. The Tzedek of Hashem. That even though we did not do the bris yet, but he looks into the future and he sees how much he loves us. As long as we do our best, sometimes we're Ba'anus. But Hashem knows. Hashem knows even if we're Ba'anus, if we really want to do something, and we can't because this, because that. Life sometimes brings up things that are out of our control. But Hashem knows deep down what is in our control and what is not. As the Pazak says in Shmos, Vayedalokim. The Medrash says, Hashem knows. Even the Malachim say, They're both worshipping. Hashem knows, the Pazak says, Vayedalokim. Hashem knows that B'nai Yisrael are only doing it because they were forced. So we have to realize the love that Hashem has for us, which is expressed in this last bracha, Okay, we'll stop here. And we will continue next week here from upstate New York, not fully upstate, Camp Cayley, and we will uh, continue next week.